Welcome to Imperfection in Progress, a podcast for ambitious women who are people pleasers, perfectionists, or procrastinators. Want to feel less stress and more joy in your life? Then this is for you. I'm your host, Don Calvinisti. Today's episode is super interesting. I have the pleasure of speaking with certified life coach, happiness evangelist, and decluttering coach, Julie Leonard. We dive into the whole idea of decluttering and adding freedom and peace of mind to our surroundings. I learned a lot about the cost of clutter. I had never thought about the financial cost or even the time cost of allowing things to gather around us. I so appreciate all of the practical and simple tips Julie gives in how to get started decluttering as well as maintaining it afterward. Here's my conversation with Julie. I'm excited to introduce you to Julie Leonard. And I know her from working with her on one of my summits. And we talked a lot about happiness because she is the happiness evangelist, the happiness coach. But the area that we're actually going to talk about today is about clutter and decluttering. So welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back with you. The summit was amazing. And I'm super excited to be here chatting about clutter today. Yeah. So tell me, because this is an area that we didn't explore why do you feel like clutter is an issue and why did you decide to be a decluttering coach? I guess how I ended up into that is similar to what I've shared with my whole journey. But I def- I used to be a hoarder. I used to hang on to everything. I think sort of growing up in the 80s, I really was part of that era of like owning things and having stuff made you happy. And so I definitely had a lot of music, a lot of books, a lot of clothes. And yeah, I had a lot of stuff and I hung on to it a lot. Even when I moved from Scotland to Germany, all I transported was like all my books. And I think, what were they doing? But I definitely hung on to a lot of stuff. But what happened after I studied psychology, I started working in the third sector, in the voluntary sector. And I went into people's homes and I was there to work with, with people with a whole range of issues and around their mental health. And as I was doing that, what I began to notice was that houses would have varying degrees of clutter. And obviously, one of the first signs when people are struggling in life and in their health is that housework starts to go, clutter starts to build. And so I was seeing that as a uh, a reflection of the state of how people were feeling, their inner state. And so I saw that in varying degrees. And then I was... I did work like the whole spectrum of people who had like OCD, obsessive compulsive and like really sort of hyper clean, minimalist homes to I literally worked with someone where eventually there was only enough space to open the front door and the entire house, every single room, floor to ceiling, bin bags. Like, so I've seen the whole spectrum. But what I found was like, in general, rather than those extremes, there was somewhere in the middle where life is just full of stuff. And what it did was it became very overwhelming for people. And people really struggled to let go of things. And because I was going into people's homes, I could actually physically work with them. And I could see that this was something that we should tackle in order to help people feel better. So over the years of doing that, I could see the impact of it. I could see not just that because of how they were feeling, clutter appeared, but the reversal in fact that actually the clutter represented a lot of other things, that it wasn't simply people couldn't be bothered or were lazy. It was actually far deeper. And, and through working through stuff, 
I realized that so much clutter masks a lot of psychological issues that are unresolved. And as a coach, that's absolutely fascinating. And so, yeah, I worked with people for gosh, over 20 years there. And then when I moved to Germany and became a coach, I could see a need for being a decluttering coach. And people often say, like, why would I need a coach? I should just be able to do it. But as I said, I'll, it, it's not simply about tidying up and being more organized. It's about letting go and letting go of stuff, but stuff that masks a lot of unresolved issues. And so when I help people work through stuff, it's really coaching them through those different layers. And it's incredible what comes up and what we've worked through as we declutter. So that's how I became a decluttering coach. And yeah, I, I work physically in person here in Germany, but I have clients all over the world and people carry me around with their laptops. And so I can I can really work anywhere and, and support people to work through it because it's, it's not easy to work through it by yourself. This is super interesting to me. And I was saying to you before we started recording, I just wrote a post that I can understand for my procrastinators, because on the podcast, we talk about people pleasing, perfectionism, procrastination. And for my procrastinators who look around their house and they see clutter or that something needs cleaning or an area of the house just is always a little bit messy. And literally, I remember times where I have looked at that and then went and got my purse and walked out and went shopping or went to Starbucks or whatever to avoid having to take that first step because it just seems so overwhelming on where to start. It's very common. Like anything else is more attractive than tackling that stuff. And I think that's it. What happens is that we, we have many areas of clutter. It might be different categories like clothes or gadgets or books or sentimental things. But what you tend to find is that there is clutter everywhere in every space that we have. We, we fill and expand the space that we have. And as we move through the stages in our lives, we get a lot of clutter as well. So you might have a certain amount if when you're single, you usually double what you have when you get married or you live with someone. If you have kids, I have a seven-year-old. The amount of stuff that comes into my home every single day is phenomenal. It's what it's tough work. So you amass a lot as you, Ellen, and generations pass on. We inherit a lot of clutter, but generational stuff that we have. As a paperless society, we still have a phenomenal amount of paperwork. But every day, so much stuff comes into our homes, and it can very quickly mount up. And so it's not uncommon to feel so overwhelmed and not know where to start. Or to try and do something, but feel that you make absolutely zero progress and feel quite defeated. And the thing is, like, when you sit down and you look around your space, your brain kind of works through, oh, this is all the stuff I have to do. By which time it feels like you've just done it and then you're exhausted and you feel like, oh, I don't want to. I feel like I've just done all that work. So it's not uncommon to procrastinate on that and to be overwhelmed. The good news is there's lots of ways that you can get started and make progress. And especially when you have support, you can make really fast, fast progress. I'm so excited to invite you to the Elevated Entrepreneur Masterclass Series. This free 12-day online series 
features 12 incredible women experts helping female entrepreneurs to release the hustle and grind of business and step into clarity and ease with intuitive strategies. If you would like to build your business with more simplicity and flow and less overwhelm and stress, then this is for you. And as an added bonus, you will have access to free resources from our experts worth over $600 just for registering. Want to up-level your masterclass experience? Grab the Early Bird VIP all-access pass for one-year access to the entire series for just $27 before May 1st. Grab your free registration to the Elevated Entrepreneur Masterclass Series right now at elevatedseries.com. Now back to the episode. One thing that I've been hearing a lot about, maybe for the last, I don't know, year and a half, two years, is how we need to simplify, how we need to, again, declutter, how that when we're in an environment where things look messy or feel messy, that it actually creates that kind of almost a frantic, panicky type energy in our bodies. And so can you talk to us a little bit more about why decluttering is so useful just in our general lives? Yeah, there's a lot of evidence and I've seen it firsthand over the years that clutter has a massive impact on our health. It's not simply about being tidy or having Instagram worthy houses. It really seriously affects us. And I like to talk about it in terms of having a clutter cost. So it comes with a real cost over different areas of our lives. Emotionally, physically, time-wise, financially, it all has a massive impact on us. So the research really backs up what you already know, that it really affects us deeply. We get very overwhelmed. You already talked about that overwhelm. That then triggers our stress response, which for some of us means that we kind of get stuck in there and we get really keep super busy or we completely freeze or run away and procrastinate and do something else. So it really makes us feel very stressed, very overwhelmed. It increases our feelings of anxiety and panic. It often might be triggered because what often happens is that we end up looking for something that's important. You know, you have to pay a bill and you're going through piles of paperwork and that's when you're like, I should have sorted this out and I'm not on top of things. Or you're trying to find that black top that matches the skirt that you want to wear and you're going through all your stuff. It's often when we're looking for something, we realize that instead of putting your hand on something, it's 20, 30 minutes or hours looking through stuff and it gets really stressful. It leads to depression and feeling much more depressed. It just has a massive impact on us. We get more worried. Yeah, it affects our sleep. It's not an environment to feel relaxed in at all. Most of the time, or when you sit on the sofa, your eye is catching a lot of things that you have to do. There's a constant reminder of what you're not tackling, what you're not dealing with, what's not organized. Big impact psychologically. But also physically, we know that then has a big impact on our physical health too. But it also has a lot of our time, like I'm just hinting at there. We spend a lot of time maintaining and organizing our clutter. It takes a lot of effort to do that. Or when we're looking for stuff, it takes a lot of time to find stuff. And we spend a lot of time reorganizing, you know, and so you really want to free up time to do other things. There's a great quote of minimalists don't spend the weekends clearing out their garage. And I think that's brilliant because how much time do you spend clearing out your cellar, your attic, the spare room, going through piles of stuff where you could be doing something much more valuable and much more important with your life and your time that's so precious. So it takes up so much time. And it has a huge financial cost. Gosh, I mean, this is huge, but you know, 
if I kept all the money I found when I was decluttering with people, I, I wouldn't have to be on a podcast chatting to you. I'd be in the Bahamas somewhere. But the amount of like cash I find, gift cards is like, there's literally like billions of dollars of unused gift certificates in the US alone. It's phenomenal. There's lots of that. Subscriptions that we never cancel, courses that we buy and never use, bills that don't get paid and we incur fees. So much financial impact. So much financial impact of storing the stuff that we never even use. I mean, the storage industry is massive. We spend millions and millions of dollars on storing stuff that we don't actually need or use so that we have it. So there's there's a huge, I mean, we could dive into each one of those. They're all a separate podcast in themselves. But to give you a flavor, this isn't about just being a bit more tidier, a bit more needs, a bit more organized. This is serious stuff that impacts on our health and our happiness and on our time. The most precious thing in the world, isn't it? And so by tackling that, by simplifying your life, you free up much more space, much more time to do the things that are important, you know me, about being intentionally happy. And it also really impacts on your health and your well-being too. Just the other day, we were taking photos of our home because we were wanting to put it on the market. And so all the kids and my husband and myself went through and every single room, because they have to be photo perfect, we literally grabbed everything that was in that room that did not fit and put it all in one corner in the house. And at the end, we went through every single thing that was in that corner and either gave it away, put it into actual storage because it made sense that we're going to use it again, or decided how we were going to dispose of it or found the spot for it. And at the end of it all, my husband said to me, the funny thing is, we're looking around, we're loving how clean and clear everything is. And it's just so easy on our mind to be able to see the space like this. But I know that even though we're saying, let's keep it like this, in a week, two weeks, there's going to be clutter all over again. Why do we do that? And I said, I don't know, but I know it's definitely not that we just don't want to. I'm going to ask Julie when I talk to her this week. So here is my question for you. Why don't we keep it like that if we know we enjoy it? What is going on in our mind? Well, what, what a great opportunity to clear out and sort stuff. Home moving is a, a wonderful thing to do that. Just what happens is that we don't make those big lifestyle shifts and we don't put the systems in place, I think is the answer distinctly to that. So one is that we don't make a shift. We, we continue to consume. We continue to buy. We continue to fill the space that we have. So we continue to bring things in. It has to be a very conscious decision to reduce your consumption. And so if you don't do that, then you're going to keep repeating stuff. So you have to consciously think about when we move into our new space, what do we want that to look like? What is the lifestyle that I want to create? And every time you go to purchase something or you think about bringing something into your home, it's like, does this fit with the lifestyle that we now wish to create? So it has to be quite a conscious lifestyle change and it has to be quite a mental shift that everybody also has to get on board with. That's the thing. That's also the tricky thing when you live with other people is to get everybody on board. So I think the fact that you'll be moving and you have done such a major declutter, then you might try that out and see how it feels and talk about it as a family. Like this feels good. Keep 
re-emphasizing the amount of time that you free up, how easy it is to maintain, how it feels emotionally and physically. So that's a good opportunity to try and think about that and collectively make a conscious decision about what you bring into your home. So that is one. And the second is having systems because no matter how conscious you are, unless you're going really extreme, like we're not buying anything for a year type stuff, which isn't realistic for many people, is you've got to have systems and you've got to do it regularly. My analogy for decluttering is like maintaining a garden. You might get a garden, you might do a huge amount of work to clear and plant and make it look beautiful, but you don't sit back for the rest of the summer and look at it. You have to do constant maintenance. You have to keep cutting the grass. You have to keep weeding. You have to keep deadheading. You do a lot of maintenance. So you've done that lovely, big, clean sweep of your belongings, but you have to maintain that. So you have to do it on a daily or a weekly or a monthly basis. You have to keep filtering what comes into your home and get really good at keeping things out and moving things out as much as possible. And having those systems in place, like for your paperwork or whatever's coming into your home, whichever comes in abundance. So yeah, that's what I would say. That's my two key tips for you as you move into your new space. And, and what would you say for people that are listening to this and thinking, okay, I would like to simplify. I would like to begin with that. Where yeah. do we start? So I think getting really clear on what that means for you, because everyone's level of tidy, everyone's level of decluttering is very, very subjective. And it's not to say a prescriptive thing of like everyone has to be completely minimalist and you all have these white rooms and not a single thing in it. Everyone has a different level. Really think about what you need because otherwise you might regret things that you let go of. It's, it's not saying you have to have very little. It's about having the right pieces and the right things in a way that makes you feel happy. For some people, having ornaments and sentimental things around is a comfort. It brings joy. It makes it a home. Other people, that stuff feels like a noise. It interferes with how they feel. So you have to decide what's right for you. So get really clear, first of all, what is your goal? What is it you want in your entire space or in each room? How do you want it to look? What works for you? So get, get clear on it. And then looking around at what you have as the next step. So I would say like starting with like, Thinking about either a space that bothers you the most or a category of belongings that bothers you the most or a communal area if you're sharing with others can be really powerful. So like if a big thing I hear is like, I want to have my house a certain way, but other people don't. How do I get other people involved? So doing communal areas is a great thing, like your hallway or your living room or your dining room. Doing those will really motivate and encourage the rest of your family to participate when they see, oh, just as you commented, your husband saying like, oh, this feels so much better. This feels so much lighter. This looks really good. So I really recommend that pick something where you can see like this really bothers me the most or this makes the biggest impact. That's a great one. The other one that I like to suggest, depending on where you're at, is like, the smallest room, but one of the easiest and also that has a lot of stuff is your bathroom. So a bathroom is that kind of space where you can take everything out of that space, get cleaner, and then sort through and put things back. 
all in a matter of an hour or two. So that feels really great to like complete a room in one go. So I quite like to start there. That's also another great suggestion is to start with your bathrooms. Where it's amazing what we store in there and how much stuff is in there and how much stuff is out of day or we no longer use or we've kept sort of multiple items. How many toothpaste do you have and things like this? So that can be a really great starting point too. And if I can give one more tip, is this is one that I love and I, I'm going to give it to you. But if you've got like a surface, because clutter just gravitates towards surfaces, your dining table, your desk, your fireplace, your bookshelf, anything there's like surface, gosh, we like to put things on there. There's nothing more defeating than looking at your dining table and working for an hour through a pile of stuff and it doesn't look any different. My number one tip is to get a box or get a bag and sweep everything into it. Clear your dining table or your desk or something like that. Because immediately it's clear and it's usable. You start to use it for the function it's made for. And then work through the clutter in the box. That way you start to utilize your space and all the clutter is contained. Don't ignore that clutter. Work through that one. <laughs> start doing that and slowly work through your box of clutter. And that will be much more motivating than... I know what it's like to work through stuff and you work for ages and then you feel like it still looks really messy. It doesn't make, look like I've made much difference. So those would be my kind of tips to get started. I really love that you've given us some really tangible ways to start. And I think if if you're listening to this and you're struggling, then again, go to the show notes and connect in with Julie and talk to her because sometimes we just need somebody from the outside that isn't involved emotionally with the stuff we have around us that can give us some direction and help us get started. And it feels so much better. I can say that, especially after what we've just done. Yeah. Yeah. And also start with things that you're least attached to, because there's a lot of stuff that we, we as human beings like to attach a lot of sentimentality and memories and significant objects and so don't start with your box of photographs or your old diaries or something. That's, you're not going to get started there. Start with things that you're least connected to, kitchen utensils, mugs or something, whatever it is. Start with that and work your way up to the hardest stuff. That's what I would really recommend. Wow, that's the best way. And when you do get to the harder stuff, that's where having someone to help you, having a coach or a good friend or somebody else to help you work through, there's good reason why you have this stuff. There's good reason why you've not been able to work through something kind to yourself. So there's real reason why. It's not just because you can't be bothered. It's not at all. There's real reason and there's deep-rooted stuff that we can work through. But yeah, start with the, the least difficult things to let go of and, and work your way up. Okay. Thanks for these great tips, Julie. I, I have a question I ask everybody. When it comes to people-pleasing, perfectionism, and procrastination, which one do you or have you had the biggest struggle with? Oh, I want to say all three, but I'm going to go with procrastination. <laughs> Where has that shown up for you? How it shows up? It shows up for me when I feel stressed or overwhelmed or when I push myself out of my comfort zone. So for me, I'm, and I do, I'm always, every day I push myself out of my comfort zone. That's, that's what you do. I'm a coach. 
have to do that. But I do. I push myself all the time. But what I recognize is when I feel stressed or outside my comfort zone, I go into freeze mode and I freeze and I procrastinate. And I do it especially with anything bureaucratic. So anything to do with bureaucratic stuff, paperwork, taxis, anything like that. I am the person on one minute to midnight on the deadline, getting stuff done, going, I should have done this ages ago. Why am I doing this? And I still do it after all these years, even knowing what I know. I do it all the time. And now that I live in Germany, I have to try and do all that bureaucratic stuff in German. Oh, it's just, I, I don't want to do it. So yeah. So what I do is I recognize that it shows up in stuff that I that I worry about making a mistake about or if I, I find it really difficult or challenging and definitely recognize when I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone and it's difficult, else is much more attractive than tracing that. I love that you're sharing that because we've all been in situations where we procrastinate. So it's neat that you actually recognize what it is that triggers you that way. And then you can choose how you want to deal with that. That's awesome. So we're going to put all the information in order to be able to connect with Julie in the show notes. But Julie, what's the easiest place for somebody to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Then check me out on julieleonardcoaching.com. There you can see all about me, how to work with me. And it's a lovely section all about having a decluttering coat. And you can check me out. You can have a little chat with me if anyone's interested in just checking out, having a conversation really happy to discuss how we can support you to work through your clutter, simplify your life and yeah, stop procrastinating. Perfect. I know you've given a freebie to all our listeners. It's a free place in the loving kindness course. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, a big part of like, well, we're talking a lot about procrastination and you're all about procrastination, people pleasing, all of those. A big part really comes down to a lot of our inner self-talk. So part of the work that I do is helping people change their mindset, getting over, letting go. Simplifying your life is not only the clutter in your life, but it's also those limiting beliefs and all that negative thinking that we've accumulated over the years that keeps us stuck and holds us back. So the first course that I offer is a two-day loving kindness course. And that's a gentle introduction into finding ways to be kinder and talk to yourself with much more kindness. It's a lovely, gentle introduction to that, the beginning that journey of letting go of those negative beliefs that stop you being the, the amazing person that you know that you can be. So it's a live group program with myself, and I would love to offer you a free place in that if you'd like to come and try out working with me as well. Be delighted to have you with me. Thank you so much for that, Julie. And you can find that in the show notes or you can go to mypursueprogress.com slash podcast and find this episode to find all of the different links there in order to be able to make some space for Julie in your life and get to know her better. Thank you so much for being on Imperfection in Progress today, Julie. It's absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you found value in what you heard, please share it with a friend and rate and review us on whatever platform you listen on. It really helps get us out to other women who could benefit from listening. Check out our show notes for details from the show and to connect with me or our guests. Want to continue the conversation? My website is pursueprogress.com or DM me at pursueprogresswithdawn on Instagram. Until next week, pursue progress no matter how imperfectly.